Good morning. It is Monday, September 18th. It's five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you so much for joining us. His name is Rob Kendall. He's on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. I'm there too. Casey Daniels 317. And of course, we're both on YouTube right now. Type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. All right. So we'll go ahead and get into this. We're going to do an in-depth thing tomorrow with Abdul because it's like the lead story in the news and it wasn't on our template, obviously, because it came down today. But we would be doing a disservice to our audience and well a disservice to myself if I didn't get to a opportunity to point at Todd Rokita like Nelson Muntz on the Simpsons and go so the Indiana Supreme Court um, it is so lawyers everybody's gonna laugh when I say this lawyers in the state of Indiana are technically held to a higher standard than regular people I know chuckle here right everybody (laughs) yeah right (laughs) and as a result they sort of have their own little governing body now it's not a criminal court it's not a civil court in the sense of like they're not issuing you know multi-million dollar fines in most cases but they do monitor your ability to have a law license and if you engage in behavior that is i'm just making up terminology here i'm trying to simplify a very complex thing if you engage in behavior that's unbecoming of what you are supposed to be as a lawyer they can issue disciplinary action uh, against the person and people may remember the last attorney general curtis hill for which todd rokita ripped him up one side of the state and back down the other went through the same disciplinary action related to the alleged behavior that took place in the bar you may recall that curtis hill was not uh there were no charges ever filed against curtis hill criminally he was cleared of any ethics violations. The civil case against him was was a, they were all thrown out, I believe. But this this higher standard that attorneys are held to, he was, uh, for lack of a better term, convicted on that, and he was his law license was, I believe, suspended for one one month and that was used against him when he ran for re-election by Rokita and others Mm -hmm. and they said well you know this behavior is so unbecoming we can't put him back out on the ballot well now this same group this Indiana Supreme Court uh, there are charges against Todd Rokita the the disciplinary commission is what they're called and they are saying that he broke the rules of professional conduct he being Rokita by publicly discussing Mm. the case against Dr. Caitlin Bernard. Now, Caitlin Bernard is that very, very radically left abortion doctor who performed the abortion on the 10-year-old girl from Ohio and then went and couldn't flap her gums about it fast enough. And remember at the time, Casey... You went on Fox News, right? And if you remember at the time, I'm no attorney. I just play one on the radio. I said, that is bad behavior from the attorney general to go out and discuss this case. Look, if he wants to file action against this lady and he believes the law has been broken or any ethical whatever has been broken related to her license as as a medical doctor, okay, great, let's hear it. But the fact that Rokita sprinted to Fox News to discuss this case. I said, did I or did I not at the mm-hmm. time, Casey, say that is un- behavior unbecoming of the attorney general because the attorney general in the state of Indiana is supposed to be the chief law enforcement officer. And that is why I've always said Todd Rokita is the last person who should be attorney general for the state of Indiana because Rokita is wholly political before everything else. And that is the last thing you should want from the attorney general. The same way we get mad on the left 
with like Letitia James in New York going yep. after Trump, we shouldn't want it on the right either. The attorney general should be straight down the middle, chief law enforcement officer. If you broke the, broke the law, great, we're coming after you. If if you didn't, we're not going to you know make stuff up because it's political. And Rokita is so political. And I say this is someone who agrees with a lot of Rokita's politics, but it doesn't mean I want him as attorney general. And now he's in the same hot water, different reason, but mm-hmm. the same, he's going to have to go basically in front of the same group of people that Curtis Hill did. And if he gets convicted, for lack of a better term on this, now again, they're not throwing him in jail. He could lose his law license, etc. That's the worst that could happen. Doesn't he have to resign because he went after Curtis Hill for the exact same stuff. Hey, Pot, this is Kettle. You're black. Uh, is this, do you think, in retaliation for him putting that lawsuit against <clears throat> IU Health? No, I think it's Rokita's a dumbass. <laughs> and Rokita is wholly political. And man, Casey, you know, you know how I hate to come on these airwaves, which you can hear from Ohio to Illinois and all points in between to point out how right I was. But you were here. Kev was here. Mm-hmm. You were witnesses to mm-hmm. this. I am not an attorney. I'm not anywhere close to an attorney. But did I or did I not, from the moment he went on Fox News, come on and say, he may not be wrong what he's saying, but he's going about it the dead wrong way. So who's filing a suit against him? It's this disciplinary commission. So okay. they are kind of the the facts get presented to them. It's just sort of like a, a it's like a prosecutor. It's like anything else. I mean, again, it is not a criminal proceeding. He's Todd Rokita is not going to be behind bars. And the worst thing that'll probably happen to him, which I believe was what happened to Curtis Hill. They'll suspend his license for, for a time. Yeah, for in the case of Curtis Hill, it was a month, and he kept being attorney general, and then as soon as that was over, he went back. But it just the irony of all of this, mm-hmm. and in the case of both of these guys, it's really a lack of self-control, two different things, and just terrible decision-making. Uh, you know my opinion on Rokita. This guy is a total ding-dong. He has no business being attorney general. I like a lot of his politics, but he's way too political in the position he's in. He's always looking for headlines for his what he believes is the next political win instead of doing his damn job. And he really, in many ways, tainted the whole thing with this Dr. Caitlin Bernard because she may have done things that warranted Rokita moving forward against her. But the fact that it's Rokita and he's sprinting to Fox News before doing the thing... Just, just taints the whole, tainted the whole thing, and I was totally 100% right, as I almost always am. Well, I think it's interesting, because on Friday, he filed a lawsuit against uh, IU Health and IU Healthcare Associates, and he's, because of that, the doctor and the 10-year-old case, he said the, the nobody gave anybody authorization to speak about this publicly. So he's filing this suit, claiming it violated HIPAA laws, and now they're turning around doing some disciplinary action against him for doing the same exact thing going on Fox. Rokita is a doofus and he's a goof and he's a weirdo. And by the way, Todd, and I know you're still flapping Mm. your gums to people about me at these Lincoln Day dinners and Todd's favorite thing. And I think he said this on Hammer and Nigel, uh, because, you know, Todd's a big tough guy when you're not in the room, right? He's the worst type of guy because, well, he's big tough guy. Last year when we were at the Lincoln Day, he walked right past me and didn't say a word to me. Mm -hmm. But when he's at these events, and by the way, Todd, remember when you run your gums, 
Most people really like me, and they actually think you're a doofus and a weirdo, and they're going to tell me what you say. His favorite phrase now is, Rob's like a jilted lover. Right. No, Todd, because a jilted lover would mean I want to be around you. I don't want to be around you. I'd love for nothing more than you to just go away and never be seen or heard from again. I'm the exact opposite of a jilted lover, and you put your foot in your mouth because you have no self-control, and you tainted, which would be an easy slam dunk, and now look at where you are. Yeah. It is 13 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about some polling. About a third of U.S. registered voters surveyed said that they think that President Biden would finish a second term if he was reelected. So this is only about 34% of people say if he were to win, he would finish out his term. And this is from CBS News and YouGov. And uh, 44% said that he would probably leave office before the end of his second term. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Have you... Can you ever remember... Okay, let's think like in modern history, whether you liked the president or not. I'm not talking about like politically, do you like the person? I'm saying just the polling would be, uh, let's take the past 40 years. So uh, Reagan, I don't think there was any doubt when he was running for re-election, he was going to serve four more years. Bush, who didn't win, but I don't think there was any doubt he was mentally and physically capable of serving four more years. Certainly Clinton won and did. Bush won and did. Obama won and did. I don't think anybody thought, hey, Trump's not going to be around four more years when he was running for re-election. This is uncharted territory where two-thirds of America does not think the guy running for re-election... Is fit enough to finish that second term. That's amazing. Yeah. 55% said they think Trump would finish. Like, there's not a huge age difference between these two. It's only, what, three years? And yet, one guy ha- is, uh, you know, giving people confidence, 55%, saying, yeah, he's he's good enough to finish. And the other guy, people are saying, nah, probably not so much. So there's another poll that's out, and it says that Donald Trump leads President Biden by one point. Boy, this is a close head-to-head competition. Isn't it huh? an indictment on both of them, though, that Trump is only beating— I think it's a bigger indictment on Biden. Is it, though? I mean, you've got a guy who the majority of Americans overwhelmingly don't think is mentally or physically capable of finishing his second term, and only 1% more of said Americans say, yeah, we want the other guy? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean— The the other guy who's got multiple indictments against him? Look, again— if you won't listen to what the public is telling you, then you probably shouldn't be bitching if the the public does what they have told you. And what the public is telling you on both sides of the aisle, Democrats or Republicans, we do not want these two to have to make a choice between these two people. We are begging you if you're Democrats, anybody but Biden. We are begging you if you're the Republicans, anybody but Trump. I don't know how many polls you have to see it in. They're all saying the exact same thing. And basically, first side to listen will mm-hmm. win the election. Okay, so Michigan is likely to be one of the most hotly contested states in this election. Now, you recall Trump got it in 2016, but then they flipped to Biden in 2020. And right now, this is a new uh, assessment Squahanna poll, they said that Biden is leading Trump by only three points, but this is almost within the error of margin. So again, even in Michigan, tied. Uh, but why would you want to subject yourself to any like, oh, it's so close. But why would you like, I, I continue to ask this question. I, I mean, we talked about it last hour when we played those Trump comments on abortion, where he basically condemned Ron DeSantis and other governors and legislators who have passed pro-life policy he 
he basically condemned those people. And I continue to ask this question to the Trump voter. What is it about Trump? I mean, he's for bigger government. I mean, I'm just going by his own words and actual policies. Mm -hmm. He's for bigger government. He's for printing unlimited amounts of money. He is pro-mask mandate. He is pro-vaccine. He, uh, I mean, clearly is mad about pro-life policies. Why is this guy the guy that you're dying on on the hill for? It just policy-wise doesn't add up to me, but it, you know, it, it is what it is. So we heard Donald Trump mention Ron DeSantis and how he was in fourth place in some polls. And as it turns out, that was a South Carolina poll and Trump was not exaggerating actually for once. He was being honest about this in this South Carolina poll. They've got Trump in first place and then followed by Nikki Haley and then Tim Scott, which you would expect. They're both from South Carolina. So of course that's not going to be an easy place for Ron DeSantis to make, you know, headway. But he's only at 9%. Yeah, though. you know, you say this, though, that, though, Casey, but, you know, Abdul reported last week that there there uh, some sort of internal polling going on, they think it's from the Trump campaign, that apparently showed in Indiana they did some polling here. And it's, hey, Trump's at 55 DeSantis at 15, and then well behind both of them is Pence. So it's not the automatic... Hey, it's your home state. Yeah, you, of course the guy's going to be. Well, apparently it's not happening here. There is just something about Ron DeSantis that does not connect with regular people. And you you have seen it multiple times with Republicans where these idealistic in name only candidates, mm-hmm. whether it was Fred Thompson or uh, uh, Rick Perry, they get out there and they just don't connect. And then you lose the window of you know, people's imagination and they're moving on to somebody else. And then it's gone. Yeah. It is 19 after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. (laughs) 21 minutes after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Hunter Biden has filed a lawsuit in Washington. It's in a federal court against the IRS. His attorneys are saying that the whistleblowers were campaigning just to embarrass and inflict harm on him. I don't know about that. Uh, there's a new poll that did come out. It's a Reuters poll, and it uh, shows Americans' attitudes towards the Biden impeachment inquiry. 41% support it, 35 oppose it, and 24% are unsure. So how could you be unsure about this? You either have an opinion or you don't. Um well, I mean, there's all sorts of things where people go, oh, I have no opinion. Like, how could you not know at this point whether you want Biden to be reelected or not? I mean, how could you be on the fence about it's just, it? it is you know what? what it maybe is. it's just people that are uninformed. I was texting a friend of mine the other day and, uh, you know, they said, hey, what's new? And I said, well, you know, Kevin McCarthy's approving the impeachment inquiry. <laughs> they replied back, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought, wait, what? How can you not know that? You know, it's, it's, it's very, this is very interesting, Casey. I had a conversation yesterday with the person who I've been, uh, I would say friends. I mean, we're not like super close. We don't hang out, but mm-hmm. every every five years or so, we'll run into each other in a downtown drinking establishment and sit and shoot the breeze. And I, I ran into this person yesterday, and this person is not at all what you would describe as a conservative. In fact, I would describe this person as probably more liberal than conservative. But we were, we, we were shooting the breeze yesterday, and we got on and we was talking about the show and he listens to the show and he's a great great guy and and we were you know he said hey i just love listening to you guys 
you know, every day. And I said, well, you know, you like us because we hate everyone equally. And, you know, he kind of laughed and nodded in agreement. We were talking about, you know, why someone of his political persuasion would listen. And he was ripping on Hogsett. And he was mm. saying, man, we got to get Hogsett out of here. And I thought that was an interesting statement for somebody like him to make because it shows People are just looking for someone, Mm -hmm. like someone to believe in, someone to stand up for them, someone to speak the truth in normal people English and do something about what's happening in this country. They don't even care anymore, Casey, whether it's Democrat, Republican. I think most people are with us. They hate all the people equally, and they're just looking for someone who will stand up for them, stand up for what's right. And if that person happened to have a D next to their name, fine. If the person happens to have an R next to their name, fine. They don't even care anymore. I think that you have just touched on why so many people love Donald Trump. They're just looking for someone to believe in. I mean, he's a billionaire. He does not lead the same lifestyle as you, but he does have that touchstone of many people believe in him. If they do it to him, they'll do it to you. And that's a great, I get, I, and you're probably 100% right. And we've read emails and letters that have said that. But does the policy not matter? Does the result not matter? And I always love, and we always get this on the YouTube chat whenever we are critical of Trump. Well, Rob, you were so nice to Trump for all these years. We have been so clear on this a gajillion times, and we were clear on it a gajillion times while he was president, and people just don't listen. But hey, we got time to kill here. It's just us gals. We'll do it again. Mm -hmm. I liked Trump when he ran, and there is a million different audio clips of me saying this, and this show, and the show with the other blonde lady, and then the show when there were the two women, and the show I had before that. Not because I thought Trump was going to be a great president. Nobody said that Trump is going to be some alter uh, person who altered the course of America. I believed and was proven correct that Trump would pull the mask back on what our government actually is and how horrifically awful and corrupt and evil our government is. So by that standard, he was a success. I'm not in business for that this time because people now have seen what it is. I'm in the results business. Now you want someone who will govern. And and I didn't think with any of the people out there was actually going to get that other than Rand Paul. And he was out very quickly. And so after that, it was an easy choice for me. Trump, I just I don't there's nothing Trump did in his first term in office. Look, his judges were fine and very good. But when you hear him basically throw under the bus. The thing that he did that was the best of them all, which is the point justices who returned Roe back to the states and allowed states to pass legislation on abortion or other issues that make sense for them. What, what, are, what are we doing here? Like, there's nothing about Trump I look at. and I, Casey, do you know what Trump's plan is for the next four years? I know you said drill, baby, drill. Okay, we're there. What you know, else? I mean, when we're talking, for me, I want somebody who's going to talk economy. And it's been Mike Pence who's been talking the most about it recently. Uh, but with Trump, he says drill, baby, drill. That's it? Yeah. You know, What is his plan on tax reform? Do you know? No. What What is his plan on how he's going to complete the border wall? Do you know? <laughs> no. What is his actual plan to solve Ukraine? I mean, is he going to reinstate Remain in Mexico? What is his actual plan on? Uh, we know he claims he'll solve it in six hours, mm-hmm. but what is the plan on right. Ukraine and Russia? Yeah, well, he it'll, it'll be done in 24 hours. Yeah, uh, nobody knows anything. He has spent the, enti- the past, he should have, he had two and a half years, three years now. 
He should have the most concrete, ironclad, here's how he fixed America plans, and that's all he goes out and talks about. It's that he just talks about the same crap mm -hmm. every time, and it is not stuff on how your life is going to be better, and that is why poll after poll after poll shows that the American people are begging the Republicans not to force, to force them to make a choice between Trump and Biden, and yet it appears that's the path we're going to go down. It's 27 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Coming up, uh, COVID and your allergies. Boy, the symptoms are very similar. <laughs> we have a couple voicemails. And also, uh, to your surprise, Drew Barrymore. She was in the news over the weekend. Oh, boy. She apologized. She's doing the talk show. She's not doing the talk show. She apologized. She's not. A, a, whatever. We'll get into that coming up from 93 WIBC. Eleven thirty-two. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. So Drew Barrymore issued a groveling on-air apology. Oh. This is uh, for continuing her CBS talk show, The Drew Barrymore Show. <sighs> well, she had three unionized writers who were on strike. She still refused to halt production, and then she came out with this apology, saying she really didn't mean to hurt anybody. I believe there's nothing I can do or say in this moment to make it okay. <laughs> I wanted to own a decision so that it wasn't a PR-protected uh -huh. situation. Yeah. And I would just take full responsibility for my actions. Yeah. I know there's just so nothing I can do uh -huh. that will make this okay <laughs> for those it is not okay with. Okay, so she was planning to bring her show back on September 18th, despite picketers outside her studio. Mm -hmm. Here's something that I found interesting about this whole situation. Um, so her show on CBS is classified under the entertainment division, uh -huh. whereas uh, other shows like The View on ABC, they're the news division. Mm -hmm. And that is what allows them to keep going with their production. If only Drew Barrymore's show was classified under the news segment of CBS, she would have to do this apology or anything. You know, Drew Barrymore should have just given it up after she was Julia Gulia in The Wedding <laughs> Singer because that was when she was at her most likable. Mm -hmm. And Drew Barrymore is an example of a person who has managed to go from the public perception of you as this very endearing American sweetheart woman mm -hmm. to insufferable sea hag. I mean, she just, gosh, I mean, she just talk about just a total change in opinion from the roles she used to play and the, you know, kind of just, oh my gosh, if every woman were like Drew Barrymore, all marriages would be so happy and wonderful and there'd be no one would ever, ever end, uh, end uh, unhappily. And my gosh, she is just like, I just wanted to stab myself in the ear having to listen to that 20 seconds or whatever it okay, was. Okay, so she's like a grown woman who's still trying to sell her childlike qualities, oh, but I, she lost it for me when she got on bended oh, knee course, and praised right. Dylan Mulvaney. No, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so the UAW thing is going on. Speaking of more strikes. Still, right, and it's in the throes. And we got a lot, a lot of phone calls about this. And so I, I wanted to just pull a couple of your voicemails that I thought really kind of captured maybe the sentiment. I mean, obviously, there's some conflicting views, and people have a variety of opinions, and they're not all exactly aligned. But I thought, as a whole, this was kind of these two voicemails, what the theme of the phone calls were. Hey guys, this is Trucker Greg. I just got to hear Trucker John's uh, comments on the union, and I, I agree with him. I mean, we, him, you know, I, I'm sure he does the same. We work pretty hard, and you know, I, the company that I work for, they they take good care of me. But I've I've dealt with the union 
pretty much all my life up until, you know, a while back. But my dad worked for the union. Every time they'd go on strike, you know, he'd have to find another job, a full-time job, because he wouldn't get any pay. Um, and then when I was 18, I worked for a uh, company that was like a no – it was called No Frills. It was a, an Aldi's before its time. And every month I would have to pay union dues. And I would get, I would owe them money because I was part time and only put in 16 hours a week. So I think maybe unions had their place 40, 50 years ago when they were, you know, talking about safety and everything. But they've kind of went out a little bit too far, and uh, you know they just expect way too much. And and I understand, you know, they, you know, they're wanting a raise and everything, but. Task for only 32 hours a week, and that just doesn't sound right. But anyway, love you guys. I'm on my way back from New York, and uh, I listen to you every day when 9 o'clock comes on, no matter where I'm at. So you guys take care. Uh, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And, and look, again, everybody's free to be in a union that wants to be. If you work for a company that allows that and you have that, nobody's saying you can't. We're just simply saying, and again, a voice after voicemail kind of echoes this, that the UAW workers are not coming off as sympathetic figures in this because people look at that and go, dude, I got to work 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Why, why don't you have to work 40 hours a week? Well, and the they rejected Stellantis's 21% increase offer because it didn't meet their 40% increase demands. Yeah, it's just a, it's a hard sell, and people can be mad at me for saying this. I'm just I am telling you right now, <laughs> as the lady on the plane would say, mm-hmm. where the public as a collective is, and they're seeing twenty percent plus pay increases being turned down, and going seems like a pretty good deal to me. I might take that <laughs> if I were you. Uh, okay, another voicemail about this. So I'm in Teamsters 135 here in Indianapolis, and let me tell you, they suck. Mm absolutely horribly um i've been in the union for it'll be 24 years in november and they have not done diddly i guess i'll have to keep that clean so uh the only thing that we have through the union is we get paid overtime over eight hours we have no pension no nothing and as far as i'm concerned this union is as worthless as the union that we used to have. So, anyway, guys, have a great weekend. See you. And again, it's a different, you know, organization. But I just, I think sometimes people get so wedded to the idea of winning, they don't take a win when it's handed mm. to them. And yeah. by winning, I mean you have to get all you want or 90% you mm-hmm. want when if somebody's willing to say here's 70% of what you want and again to come back to where a lot of the sentiment was that that's where the people are they're looking at this going you've been offered a pretty good deal and you deserve money for working hard as do all Americans but when you are and the perception is that they are doing this they are utilizing the UAW their ability to affect millions of jobs that aren't their own and I'm talking about the six jobs that depend on you know, for every one UAW job, there's six jobs that work around that. Mm-hmm. It seems like you're almost holding those jobs hostage to get everything that you want. And people are not happy about that. Yeah. And the longer it goes on, we'll see how much they're worth. Yeah. 
And by the way, don't same forget, thing with the writer strike. Don't forget, you can say profit this, profit that all you want. And I see Matt put this in the chat. I don't want to spend two thousand more on a new car. People are going to pay more for their cars. Mm-hmm. It's always like we're going to tax the rich. We're going to tax the corporations. They're just going to pass it on to you, idiots. It's not like they're going to go. Well, we'll just make two thousand dollars less a car. Or, you know, whatever the number is. People are going to pay more because of this. Yeah. You can say you're on these guys' side all you want. And it doesn't mean they do or don't deserve a raise, whatever. But the reality is you are going to pay more for an automobile as a result of this. If you're okay with that, then fine. But it's not some altruistic method here where it's a zero-sum game where you don't get affected in the process. Well, it doesn't matter if you're on their side or not on their side because everybody yes. is going to be paying more That's because of point. that decision. That is 100% my point. All right, Casey. Yeah. When we come back, mm-hmm. something is happening in California that is one of the most egregious things I've seen in a very long time. (laughs) And for once, Mm -hmm. it's not even the government's fault. Mm -hmm. Some mall in California has already put out the Christmas decorations and it's only September. (laughs) Not just the decorations, entire displays with elves and Santas and and dancing (laughs) Kris Kringles. Where are we at at Christmas decorations in September? Oh, we'll get into it coming up from 93 WIBC. WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey show. Rob, I don't know if you've been in a store lately. Oh, all the time. You know, I don't shop at all on the internet, Casey. Yeah, well, have you seen any Christmas decorations up already? I have not, though I did see this next story, and I said, this has you all over it. Because I, well, I went back and forth on this. Because Uh on one hand, you uh, seem like the sort of person who would be absolutely outraged at Christmas decorations being <laughs> up in September. Mm-hmm. However, on the other hand, you're also a mom and a woman. Yeah. So there's a part of me that thinks you would say, oh, this is just wonderful. Okay, so there's the Southern California Mall that has put up Christmas displays in September. Uh-huh. And a lot of people are really upset about this. Uh, so I was at Tippy Canoe Mall over the weekend oh. up in Lafayette uh-huh. doing a little shopping, and I did not see any Christmas displays there. Nothing. However, two weeks ago, no cap, two weeks ago, Costco had all the Christmas stuff out. And I thought, okay, they're selling stuff, right? They had the Christmas trees, the inflatables, all uh-huh. of that. They're trying to help people get prepared. That's different than the actual displays. Yeah, you're talking about, like, if you are in okay so there's a mall in southern california which is the reason we're doing this story uh that already has it's like christmas season at the mall in southern california yeah like they have dancers and the elves Uh and they're dressed up already yeah all of this is complete crap whether you're selling stuff or you're on display september is not christmas time casey you're a little more seasoned than me Mm -hmm. but i remember as a boy it seemed like the christmas stuff started the day after thanksgiving Thanksgiving. yeah this was not all that long ago that i was a small child and maybe my memory is failing me Though I don't think it is because you just nodded in agreement Mm -hmm. that the the Christmas season started, the shopping season, the whatever, the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Now now it's like it's 
You'll see it in October. It's not even Halloween yeah. yet, and people are already putting up decorations. Okay, now I get Thanksgiving weekend. You want to put the lights out and everything, sure. maybe a little warmer. Snow hasn't quite hit yet. Yeah. Take advantage of the long weekend. Mm-hmm. Put up the tree, whatever. Yes. Okay, and then Black Friday. People do a lot of the shopping, try to get the savings, right? Mm-hmm. And it just keeps creeping up earlier and earlier. And now it's not even Halloween. It's like, what are we doing? Are we doing like Halloween Christmas decorations? which are completely at odds with each other, by the way. I'm not on board with this at all, Rob. I don't care if it's man, woman, no matter how old, young you are. No, you need to wait. Just give it a minute for the Christmas decoration. Do you do Christmas presents in your house? Yeah, you of do? course. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, for years I've done the shopping for sure, everybody. Absolutely. It gets it gets smaller and smaller yeah. as daughter gets older well, and older. Well, because she's a grown-ass woman now. Right, right, exactly. And now she actually should go buy Christmas gifts for me. Yeah, absolutely. Rather than me buy them for myself and wrap them up and put See, her name on it. We don't do gifts in my house. And this has made it very, very easy. Um, like, when I became, so in my house, when I kind of became the de facto heir to the Kindle throne, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that is, whatever, like... Uh, you know how in the movie Vacation, where it's like, it's your turn, Clark, to read the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably my mid-20s. I just said, no more gifts. Uh, don't want Christmas presents of any sort. This is about uh, this is about Jesus. Right. And so we don't do Christmas presents. We don't do birthday presents. <laughs> if something's going on throughout the year and you want something, you get Go it. Go get it. Yeah, the, 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 because like, it's just, there's nothing I need, Casey. Yeah. You have seen the lifestyle I live. Yeah. Anything somebody gets me, I mean, while the sentiment is wonderful, I just... You don't need stuff. I just don't. It's just like, I feel like we have entered a culture where we are getting something for the sake of just getting getting it. it. Okay, so I have gone from having two Christmas trees and the banner and Uh the wreaths outside Mm -hmm. and hundreds of dollars of Christmas gifts for everybody that I know to just a little four foot Christmas tree, a couple gifts for the dude and the daughter, mom, and that's it. And it's fine if you say, wow, Harold would really love the this pair of talking socks. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's his favorite president on the inscription. You know, I'm just making things up here, obviously. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing. But I get the sense that there are so many people who are like, I must get so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. Why? The list just gets longer and longer. Okay, so as I get older, Rob, I'm much more into the food and the meal and the the people that I spend the time with versus I have to get everybody that I've ever met in my life something. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, okay, we're on board with this. If you're decorating, now I will give you one exception. One exception and one exception only. Yeah. And that is if you have a military member in your family uh-huh. who was deployed over the holiday and they're about to come home off season uh-huh. and you want to celebrate Christmas with them. That's the only that's the only exception I'm going to allow. Yeah. And don't forget, the actual reason for Christmas is Jesus. Can exactly. I just put that out there? Yes, thank you. You have put it out Very there. Good. He is the reason for the season. Uh, thank you, yes. And the season has not begun yet. Yes, September is not Christmas season. Thanks. I mean, if, if we're going to go there, you could say it's uh, his season year round, Absolutely. right? 
Okay. Yes. All right, let's move on to this Deion Sanders story. Um, you watched the game, didn't you? Were you up till 2, oh, 2 in the morning? Casey, it's cute that you think that I have cable that would allow <laughs> me to be able to watch a game on ESPN. That's funny. Okay, so what was that? Colorado and Colorado State, big interstate rivalry, and uh, people were saying that uh, Jay Norvell, his team was going to win, and then uh, Coach Prime yeah. came back at the end of the game, made your comeback, two OTs, and he won the game. All right, so let's reset for people like, what in the world are these two? cackling hens talking about. So Uh Deion Sanders is one of the most famous football players of all time. He was also a tremendous baseball player, one of the few people in the history of sport to excel at both. He was on the Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, won multiple Super Bowls. He was a very uh, flamboyant coach. Primetime was his nickname, or player, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Primetime was his nickname, and he has now become the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. He was very successful at the school he coached at before. I believe it was a historical historically black uh, college, and now he is the head coach of Colorado, and they have done very well. They were awful last year, and he is being as flamboyant as a coach Mm -hmm. as he was as a player, and they're in the top 20 now, and everybody's very excited about Deion Sanders, and he got into a a little back and forth with the Colorado, by the way, Colorado State stinks. It's not like they're they're Alabama, but yes, they did win the game uh, in double overtime, and the Coach Prime Madness will continue for another week. Okay, so the uh, Colorado coach was uh, saying... Colorado State. Colorado State, see, I mean, it's just so confusing. It's very hard to keep track of. So the Colorado State coach was making fun of Deion Sanders because he always wears these sunglasses, Yes, he wears right? sun, he has it's sunglasses. It's part, part of his getup. The bling, he's yeah. got the gold chains. Yep, he yep, he yep, dresses yep. the same way he did when he was a player. Okay, well, you know what uh, Neon Dion did? He turned around and sold $1.2 million <laughs> worth of those sunglasses. <laughs> Thanks to the ribbing from his rival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old, old Dion is making a fortune being a college football coach, just like old Dion made a fortune being a, a player. And look, here is my thing with this, okay? Mm-hmm. And I get that people are always looking for the next bright, shiny object. And right now, Dion Sanders is the next bright, shiny object. Let's see how he does. Let's see if, if we're still talking about undefeated Colorado in, oh, I don't know, December, mm-hmm. then uh, I will come on these airwaves and eat it. But right now, they beat uh, Nebraska, who's horrible. Mm-hmm. They beat TC uh, T- Texas Christian, who, while they were in the championship game last year, certainly not the same team that they were, and they've beaten this Colorado State team. So let's just hold off. If they're running the 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 you know running past you know a bunch of top ten teams, and come December they're in the they're still undefeated, then okay. But now this is a media manufactured high machine and I'm not buying any of it. Okay, let me just tell you a couple things. Uh, when my parents lived in Plano, Texas, he was actually a player in Dallas yes. and they lived down the street from him and he had this huge prime time etched into his uh, driveway gate. <laughs> Wait, your parents lived down the street from Deion Sanders? Yeah, well, they all lived in Plano and um, so on his he had a gated driveway, right? Yeah. And the gate had prime time in it and I always knew him as Neon Dion. Uh-huh. Right. So he's like Deer Creek to me. He's always going to be Neon Dion. And why does every sports announcer insist on calling him Coach Prime? Well, because... Can we never call him Coach Sanders? It's like (laughs) always Coach Prime. Okay. So here's the deal, Casey. So I'm going to read you the next set of schedule for... Colorado, okay? Yeah. All right. So September 23rd, they're at number 10, Oregon. Mm-hmm. So that's this week. Yeah. The week after, 
number five USC US Caleb Williams, who is the defending <laughs> Heisman Trophy winner, uh, goes to Colorado. If they make it out of the next two weeks yeah. undefeated, I will come on these radio airwaves and issue a public apology for not being on the Coach Prime hype train. But I'm telling you, Colorado's going to be three and two at the end of the next two weeks. All right. Well, there's a pair of sunglasses that maybe I'll buy you for Christmas. <laughs> See what I did there? See, I brought a full circle. Yeah. yeah. Well. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening today. We're going to catch you back here tomorrow. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.